1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See
0: terms and conditions. 18 plus. TV
1: party tonight. What? TV party tonight. Oh. We got nothing better to do than
0: watch TV and have a couple of brews.
1: on not want to talk about anything else.
0: We don't want to
2: dedicated
1: yes. to shows. Oh, my tickets. Everybody loves Scary dog.
0: Hello out there and welcome to TV Party Tonight. I am your host and feeling mean, green, and poured straight into these jeans. I'm joking, of course, I'm wearing sweatpants. I'm your host, Alexis Haina, and today we are talking she-hulk attorney at law joining me is mark Rattelich. mark how you doing
2: i'm doing okay I, I i dressed up for this hey critical drinker fans hey and um midnight's edge fans look look hey e- more specifically <laughs> hey effie fans smash <laughs> the patriarchy woo wu-tang all right i'm good now
0: all right Thank and you. also coming in good thing that he is uh boss let him have the afternoon off so that he could record with us uh andrew graham how is your boss andrew
3: he's taking a nap right now so that seems to be about the extent of it i do hope everyone signed their nda before doing this program by the
2: way
0: oh, wait, oh hang absolutely
2: on. hang on Oh, All right i'm back <laughs> <laughs> i to go sign it that
1: was
0: a quick sign uh i don't my handwriting's for shit that's- okay, fair enough. All right, so yes, we are talking She Hulk, the series that has emasculated so many men, the series that has proved that maybe we should go the way of the Handmaid's Tale. Brought to you, of course, by Marvel Studios and Disney. This is the story of Jennifer Walters the cousin to the incredible hulk who through a mishap in a car accident finds her blood mixed with hulk and now she has the ability to become a she hulk and of course she is trying to balance that being a superhero and a lawyer because just because
2: she's a busy businesswoman who don't need no man by the way the show has emasculated me so much i am now identifying as an eggplant so please use my correct pronouns what what, andrew
0: what are the correct pronouns for an eggplant parmesano i think (laughs) (laughs) well done all right so okay so yeah this show has stirred up so much buzz we've got a lot to talk about uh but i believe we had a request to just go ahead and knock the first thing out of the park the cgi
2: Apparently the cgi um just in general at marvel more and more about this is coming out andrew i think you and i have talked about it in private chat that they're, they're the cgi department the vfx department is now being so overworked at marvel there's like a revolution happening and this this show seems to be the result of them not being able to do the best job they can then not having the right amount of time or enough people to get it right and then just going whatever like this is all we can do deal with it um I believe it was compared to like PlayStation cutscenes <laughs> and and they're not wrong the CTI in this is fucking terrible there are times where um so, some sometimes She Hulk looks okay and then there are other times it literally does look like a cutscene from a video game. She's so stiff and so like robotic walking it it is obvious. To the point where if it wasn't the fact that the show is so, is so slight to begin with, you know, and that I, I would not be able to take the show seriously. It just takes you right out of it.
3: I don't know if it quite went that far for me. And I think, Mark, you kind of touch on a lot of the issues where, mm-hmm. and it's not even the, 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 they don't really have a special effects department at Marvel. They basically contracted out to, to a number of different effects houses. And I mean, mm-hmm. kind of the, some of the stories I've heard, and I, I'll admit I haven't read these in detail, but. A lot of these houses are reporting that they're just getting way too short of deadlines, not enough budget to work with, and, and things along that line. And I think when you get into a, what's supposed to be like a photorealistic character, I think that's obviously where you start to really push things and get into the uncanny valley. Yeah. Um, I'd say in terms of She-Hulk, for for most of the time, the the character looks fairly good. I think the biggest issue is what's called the comping in. So whenever you're actually putting that character into the background, and I mean... I think on some level, this is one of the things that I think didn't do themselves any favors was they put all of this mostly in daytime, mm-hmm. and in daytime, you daylight, you do not have the ability to, to hide your issues as much. You know that's why so much CG is put in at night.
2: Let me throw this also out there: principal photography for your, for most major motion pictures is two to three, three two to three years prior to any major release with a lot of CGI in it. Those yeah. people have the time you want to know when principal photography started with this April 10th, 2021. Oh, geez, this thing, yeah, this thing, debuted, it's a
0: smidge close,
2: yeah. This thing debuted in August of this year. Um, when did they wrap? Hang on, um, uh, Jamil said she was filming her scenes August 15th, okay. And okay, so it, they started filming, uh, principal photography started April 10th, of 2021, it was done by August. There, there was no time. There was no time to get this as right as, you know, some of the early uh, Marvel movies or like Lord of the Rings where there's a lot of heavy CGI. I mean, go back and look at, these think 20-year-old movies now, but go back and look at those Lord of the Rings movies. They're almost seamless. Uh, like the motion capture for Smeagol and all of that looks as real as anybody else in the cast. And compare yeah. that to She-Hulk. And the only thing I can tell you is there's just not enough, there's not enough time.
3: I'm going to be interested to see what happens when... Um, are you guys familiar with Corridor Crew? Who With what? Corridor Crew. Sorry, they're a, they're a VFX house that does a lot of stuff on YouTube. But they also do a VXF uh, artist react to great and bad CGI series. They're up mm-hmm. to like episode 80 or something like this. And this is something that, that they'll do on a regular basis. So I think I remember them at least having an initial look at um, like the the She-Hulk trailers. But I'm assuming at some point within the next couple weeks... They'll probably actually get uh, go ahead and do the show, and these guys are actually mm-hmm. fairly well connected. They've had a number of guys who actually work for these VFX VFX houses on the show with them, so you can get some really good commentary on on what did or didn't happen, or what may or may not have gone right or wrong on, on the series in terms of the way it was all put together.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. This, like I said, this show has stirred so much controversy, so many angry tweets, both in the show and without the show. I mean, we've got a whole subplot with a website filled with angry man babies who are just so unhappy that a She-Hulk even exists because we already have a Hulk. Why do we need a woman version of everything? I mean, woman version of Thor was already bad enough as it is. For the record, I am actually quoting direct lines from the show. This is not just assumptions about. But I mean, but
2: people have said that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: That when, when they announced the She-Hulk show, you know it's funny. A lot of this is being driven by people who are lifelong comic book fans, but I'm guessing there are there are fans of the comic that are that just that still don't know the length and breadth of comic book history because there were people claiming to be comic book fans that were like, "What the hell? Why do we need a She-Hulk if we already have a Hulk?" And it's like, I don't know, fifty years of comic books. Like, multiple iterations, several different writing teams. Yeah. She was in the goddamn Fantastic Four.
0: Or how about the people complaining, oh, she gets to be able to control her powers and actually stay, you know, in control when she's a Hulk. Why is that? Why do women... It's like, again, that's the
2: way it was in the comics. Yeah. She was never Jennifer... She was never human Jennifer Walters in the comic. I'm not even aware whether or not she could change back. I was under the impression... And again, I'm not the world's foremost authority on early She-Hulk, but I was under the impression that that was a permanent gig, that she was never Jennifer Walters until, you know, unless she was depowered or something.
0: Ugh, where's Jesse when we need him?
2: <laughs> or Evan. That's who I really needed for this yeah. show. Mm-hmm.
3: And I think that that's kind of an interesting point to bring up right there, even with with mentioning, you know, those two guys. Um, what's up, guys? But, um, you know, there's definitely a, a degree of... of of comic book fans who definitely act as, as you know, gatekeepers on some level where it's like, I have thing that I like. And if you don't like thing, then then butter off. And then there's guys who have actually gone through and have read kind of the entire runs of all this stuff. I've mm-hmm. got a couple of friends along with, with um, you know, like Jesse and Evan who have, who have done that. And they're like, yeah, this totally works with, with she
2: Hulk. In the writing. Um, I, I, When this show was first being um, formulated, I was doing research on it. And then as it progressed, I would continue to follow. One of the things I cited was the John Byrne run on She-Hulk. And then if you talk to some of our friends, who I would consider pretty level-headed comic book experts, they're like, this screams Dan Slott. And to the point where I think some of the characters, and again, I I have the Dan Slott volume on my desk. I just haven't read it yet but my, my understanding is there are characters that are directly taken from the Dan Slot era. Here's my, start, just start, starting right off the bat, here's my biggest issue with the internal debate amongst uh, Marvel fans, whether they be strictly comic book fans or fans of the comics and the movies or whatever, is that they, they, um, they say, we want comic book accurate stuff. You know where I'm going with this, Andrew, because I said almost yep. the exact same thing to you. And I said it to Bailey as well. We want stuff. We want comic book adaptations. We want what we read on the screen. And Marvel goes, fine, here. And then everyone cries and pisses and moans because it wasn't specifically what they wanted. They want the 90s, grim, dark. Frank Miller's Batman, Dark Knight Returns, everything is depressing and in the rain comic book era. They want the Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine killing everybody. That's what they were referring to. They're not referring to any era of She-Hulk. <laughs> that's that's it. They're not it's like Marvel, give us more stuff that we wanted. The same three characters: Punisher, Ghost Rider, Wolverine. That's it. They weren't asking for any of this stuff. Um, it must I love be the Batman, movie. but it has to be after about 1975.
3: So we have no <laughs> trace of him ever cracking a smile.
2: Right. It has to be Ninja Batman, not world's greatest detective Batman. It always has to be like depressed, everything is in ruins and on fire, Batman.
0: We tried that. It was the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. And if everyone hated that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Give us hell, Quimby. Um, so that 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 is my major problem with the argument around She-Hulk, is this is exactly what you people asked for. You ask for a comic book accurate She-Hulk. Um, it is it is taking liberally from John Byrne and Dan Slott. And we're like, okay, but we didn't read that. Nobody gives a shit about that. To the point where it's like, <laughs> you can't call us misogynists. We're not misogynists. We, hate, we like women just fine. Except that anytime anything is presented with women and done the way this was done, then it's like, oh, no, this is just bad or this is anti-man. no, 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 no let's call it what it is it's just not what you wanted and therein lies my biggest gripe and i say this all the time on damn you hollywood the fact that you don't like something doesn't make it bad and that is she hulk all over it's not liked by a segment of the population and they don't have the wherewithal or the critical thinking skills to separate that from their own ability to review the show the show's not perfect and i'll you know, the C- we just talked about the CGI. The CGI is so bad; it should be studied. But
0: sure there's going to be a ton of things we're going to talk about that it's like, yeah, you know, I love the show, but even I'm going to admit there's been one or two episodes I was like, I so could have lived without that. Look, yeah,
2: the show's not perfect, but can we stop with "I didn't like it and therefore it's bad"? Or it's, or you know, just all these—I mean, very frankly, bad faith arguments.
3: I mean, I'm not going to name names. Maybe the flag behind is a little bit of a clue, but as to one YouTube reviewer who maybe posted an entire video
2: criticizing the series off of one clip. Why are you not calling Voldemort by his name? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want to give him the likes. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Whatever. Ouch
1: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Have I told you the story about my son's reaction to the Little Mermaid uh, trailer and why oh, I now we refer- God. I, I have I'll to hear this. It. Okay. I told, I, I told the story, I think, on the Hellraiser review, but um, for those who haven't heard that. So um, I took my kids to go see Avatar. They showed the teaser trailer for the Little Mermaid. My daughter, who is 11 years old and grew up with the Disney princesses, has done the Bibbity Bobbity boutique the Hall 9 Yards, uh, shrieked with glee she started almost started to cry she was so happy on just that little bit alone does not care that the actress is black does not care that the 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 hair is not fire red just was so happy to see the little mermaid on screen and to hear those tones she was like hooray my thing that i like and i hear my son in the distant background yeah that doesn't look that great and my daughter my daughter turns and looks at him just like shut up i like it and he was like look don't yell at me because it sucks it's not my fault (laughs) To which Robert said, wow, you've ra- you've distilled Twitter into one interaction between your children. <laughs> <laughs> but, re- but because of that, I now refer to my son as the critical stinker. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually,
0: hey- j- I joked to the girlfriend when the trailer came out because I criticized as well. And she just looked at me and said, oh, face it, you're just completely dead to all Mo- Disney live action reboots. I'm like, okay, call a spade a spade. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it, nothing it was gonna say i have nothing against the casting and i'll even admit the visuals don't look that bad they released a poster and you get a better look at uh, ariel's tail and i was like okay the detail on this actually looks really good i'm i'm impressed with that i've just sat through so many horrible movies mostly for you mark
2: okay robert <laughs> all right so back to you
0: <laughs> yeah
3: I was about to say, let's just all batten down the hashes for when they finally reveal footage of Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Oh dear God! Can we just all agree that's a bad idea?
2: Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So Loki, <laughs> did you stop? Did you abort my so Loki?
0: I didn't touch oh, anything. So
1: Loki,
2: there we go. Much better. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> like I'm not touching anybody. <laughs> Mark, I am not stupid enough to touch buttons when you start throwing <laughs> in the clip. That doesn't mean I will touch buttons as a result and respond to you with that, but I am not going to interrupt your clips.
2: Alexis, if you want to get in a button-pushing war with me, bring it on. All right, back to She-Hulk.
0: <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, yes, we have Jennifer Walters. She is the cousin of Bruce Banner. They are on a road trip. We finally get an answer on how Bruce was able to turn back into human Bruce from Smart Hulk. Uh, at the end of Shang Chi, he is, I guess, developed this device that keeps him under control. And they are run off the road by a Sakarian ship, of all things, which we never get an answer for. I'm assuming this is gonna be this is gonna be all explained in the upcoming Planet Hulk. Wait, is that going to be a movie or a series? Okay, so I haven't heard anything about Plan- I've heard World War Hulk. World War Hulk, that's what okay. I meant.
2: And I've heard World War Hulk is like going to be like a mini-series, kind of like with the Defenders.
0: Okay, so I'm assuming it's going to be answering that, because, yeah, the ship shows up. It's a Sakarian ship. I'm like, ooh, who's on there? Who tracked him down? We don't <laughs> know. Yeah. And they get into a car accident and both their arms get cut and their blood gets mixed. And yes, Jen is now a She-Hulk. But she is able to control herself and actually maintain uh, her brain when she's in her Hulk body. Something that took Bruce several years to get used to. So she goes back and she ends up having to reveal her powers at uh, her work. Because a super-powered influencer. Every time I say that word, I die inside.
2: When you're done here, we have to go back to that first episode. Because that caused... That was just the beginning of the consternation volcano that erupted over the show. Oh,
0: well, this is still the first episode. I'm
1: still... Yeah, yeah.
0: On... yeah so this... Yeah, super-powered... That thing. <laughs> first into the courtroom, dressed like a... Cross-gendered rock, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. I was
2: going with Reject from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band.
0: <laughs> Andrew, you want to throw one in?
3: Uh, I'm not that <laughs> quick-witted right now. I'm still working on my green tea. So
0: <laughs> fair enough. And uh, Jen is essentially forced to change into her She-Hulk form to fight uh, this woman whose name is Titania, who we will learn a bit more about later in the series. And, yeah, that's the end of the first episode. Mark, please, the floor is yours.
2: All right. So the first episode is a lot of, in good faith, uh, Banner, Bruce trying to train Jen to control herself um, because because of his own experiences. He destroyed not only Harlem, but Africa as well, if we all remember correctly, because of the Hulk. He has caused a significant amount of pain and suffering as the Hulk. And so he is very much trying to get ahead of this with her. He has no reason not to assume that she's going to be a rampaging monster. And because they, they only spent the one episode on it, so it does get a little short shrift. This is where, like, be- because of the complaining and the whining from the the Neckbeard group, you miss the perfectly legitimate criticism that the writing in that episode is shitty. Um, they don't give enough time and effort to explain why he's reacting the way that he is. And then you only get her reaction. Her reaction is the focus. And her reaction, and somewhat rightfully so, uh, but I think they missed the point with the criticism of this. She's like, listen, I have been a woman in a man's world for the majority of my life, and um, I have to control myself. I have to comport myself a certain way. And so all of those skills will be very useful in taming the wild Hulk. And I don't need you to coach me. So here's the thing about uh jennifer walters as she's presented in this first episode imperfect um very <laughs> they, they refer to her as very millennial which I, I agree with it's a great starting place for an arc you know where we travel someplace to get to a different point in your personality and presentation we start here and we get mia. you know it's a great place for her to start she's an asshole, <laughs> and and she's not listening to her cousin because she doesn't because she thinks she knows it all and why wouldn't she? She's, you know, successful lawyers, smart gal. You know, it's a, you know, she's a busy businesswoman who don't need no man. These are all things that track for me. These, Jennifer Walters is, is a lot of women I know. She comes across as very, very true. And she's ripe for an adventure that changes her into a better, more thoughtful person at the end which I think is entirely lost on people that she and and Andrew, you and I have talked about this and this I want to get your opinion on this idea that everybody has to start their television show already. Perfect. They're all, they're already made. They've already made the journey. And now we're just going to watch them like a video game character cut through bad guys, you know, for however the, the length of the show, like there was no patience for tolerating her in the condition, in the, in the way that she is at the beginning of this show to see where she would end up at the end. It was like, The the expectation is that all of our characters should just be perfect right from the start.
3: Well, and if she was perfect right from the start, then obviously she'd get tagged with Mary Sue as well. So yeah, you can't fucking win right
2: now. Sorry, you can't fucking win right now.
3: No, no, exactly, you can't. I mean, I I enjoyed that first episode. I'll I'll probably disagree with you a little bit. I actually thought the I thought with where they took the series, they set it up quite well because I think they establish. Jennifer Walters is a really interesting character. And maybe I'll start with that is on the one hand, she is very competent. She is very capable within certain aspects of her life. I think she's also somebody who comes off at arrogant at times. And also, I think she's also tremendously insecure in some ways. Sure. And I think that really kind of bears its way out during the series. I mean, I think, you know, if you want to talk about where that arc goes, where she starts with, Oh yeah, this is fine. I have a normal amount of normal amount of rage, which is a great, title for the for the uh, for the episode and she just you know I have to deal with all this shit on a normal day and and maybe I'll bring in a little bit of exterior perspective to this one because I was watching this with my wife and she's like all that is true
2: yeah I watched it with my wife too my wife yep. is not a fan of the Marvel movies I mean she thinks you know Chris Hemsworth is a very pretty man and all that but I, you know, I, I, other than the occasional Thor movie, I haven't gotten her to, or Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't gotten her to watch any of these. She has zero interest. She watched this one and she watched Ms. Marvel. And hey, people, you know, gatekeepers and people who think these shows are only for them—wide um, audience appeal. My wife and my kid both liked Ms. Marvel. My wife loved She-Hulk; thought it was great for the reason that you're citing, Andrew. Yep. Thought the character spoke to her and the experiences of women. For shame. <laughs> You know, that we only, that we not only address men and, and men's issues. And my wife's best friend came over, and, and she, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a
3: fan of, we've never really talked to Marvel stuff at length, but they started on She-Hulk, and they're like, yeah, it's great. But I think um, going back to, to, I think, kind of that, that arc established by the first episode, she starts from a place where it's like, I've got this, I've got a certain amount of control in my life that I have to maintain, and right. when you get to the end of episode 7, and she's put in an absolutely god awful embarrassing situation she goes complete hulk at that point and i mean right you know you talk about her arrogance and yeah that's that you know setup. she's arrogant payoff she has right. to deal with the consequences of it
0: very true i think it's also important to note that marvel clearly went with a different direction with the style of the show compared to what we've seen with other mcu shows a lot of them have been very very dark very very not brooding but just a little more serious they wanted to do something different this time she hulk attorney law is a superhero comedy it's meant to be a lot funnier a lot more lighthearted. they realized that they couldn't really pull off jen walters in the same vein that they could moon knight or jessica jones but neither one of those
2: characters calls for that um, Jessica Jones is a traumatized character dealing with sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight's a schizophrenic. Neither one of those lend themselves to comedy, you know, however, exactly. the entire, almost the entire run on She-Hulk, uh, throughout the years, she was, that was a comedy book. Christ, mm-hmm. she, does, she did a bit with Howard the Duck, not exactly known for his, you know, dark era. I mean, <laughs> so there was no, there almost was no other way to do this.
0: Yeah. One of the most infamous she hulk covers is her basically holding up a newspaper to cover herself and saying, is this really what you people want? (laughs) Jesse and I talked about that on another podcast, just the infamy of that cover. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So moving on, uh, Jen gets a job. She loses her job uh, for hulking out in the uh, courtroom, but she gets another job offer at probably the most prestige law firm in the area uh which she accepts but it turns out they want her to stay in she-hulk form every time she's working for them and she's gonna run the new superhuman law division which personally i think was actually a really great idea because this is going to allow us to bring in so many other superhero characters super villains it's going to just really open that door to see how she interacts and how they interact with this world I thought it was a great way to introduce other characters, bring in sh- uh, characters from other shows. We'll get to that cameo a little bit later. And I'm just going to say, I actually do like that they do how Jen is now feeling pressure to stay as She-Hulk. She, in a way, she just kind of feels like, well, did you hire me because I'm a lawyer? Because I'm a good lawyer? Because of my job? Because, you know, my skills? Or did you hire me to be a mascot?
2: Can we talk about that as a metaphor? You know, did you hire me for my good looks? Did you hire me for my big boobs? Or did you hire me for my brain? You know, why does, no, why does nobody as a woman want to hear what I have to say, only what I look like or, you know, what I look like next to them? These are common complaints. This is a very, you know, I think this is also why this shows rubbing a lot of people the, the wrong way, because like, you know, again, geared towards women dealing with issues that women deal with and men don't have time for that. <laughs> just just none we we don't want to hear about what the women and you're complaining and you're you know hundreds of years of problems just you know it, but that's what it is the, the she-hulk thing presenting a she-hulk is supposed to be a metaphor for women having to present the mask you know they have to live this mask and then you know, and then you go home and you think about like did they hire the mask or did they hire me as the person and that's a struggle for people you know because then it's like well do i have to keep a mask up all the time or, you know, or can I be my genuine self? And I even and I, go even past that because I think that's in a different way, a very, very universal thing for, for people to deal with, both men and women
1: is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at com. Daily
2: bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: See website for details.
2: You know, every time you leave your house, all the walls got to go up and all the makeup has to come on and, you know, we got to throw all the all the armor on and, and you don't feel like you're ever truly seen. And after a while, it gets to people.
0: I'm just going to say in the penultimate episode when they... Award the lawyer, the female lawyer of the year to all the women there, <laughs> and they ask them what's it like to be a female lawyer, and we get that response from Mallory. It's like underpaid, undernoticed, or underpaid, underprivileged, and having to constantly be asked questions like, "What's it like to be a female lawyer?" That registered with me very much. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with that. I am a business owner, and I have to deal with it's like. So, what's it like being a lady business owner? It's like, well, I'm proud to be a lady business owner, but that doesn't define who I am. You know, it's I, like yeah.
2: Can I ask you a question? Please. What's it like to be a lady podcaster? <laughs> Good night, everybody.
0: So At on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send condolences and funeral bouquets, <laughs> Melissa Rattlech. And yeah, Mark, we've joked about how I'm the only woman on your staff. You know, I I have made so many jokes whenever you ask me to jump in on a review of something and you and you people are like, so why are you here? I'm like, Token woman. Because it's like I don't have a Y chromosome. (laughs) Yep. That is literally why I'm I am here. I am here.
2: We need it abroad for this to meet the quota, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's not who that doesn't define who I am. I'm a podcaster for you first and foremost right and i love and i love working for you even if you are a giant asshole.
2: thank you i (laughs) take that as a compliment
0: (laughs) it was so and but yeah i get that kind of thing too you know i mean i remember there was another podcaster put out saying i'm looking for more contributors specifically women right and I jumped in on that, and then he started bringing in more women, and I realized he was also bringing in a lot of women that he just found attractive, and it was starting to feel very uncomfortable. Boy, does it with not it. feel
2: like you're being brought in for your opinions, huh?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> right. And so, again, re- relating this all the way back to She-Hulk is when they're specifically saying to Jen Walters, we we want you to present as she hulk, we want you to present as she hulk all the time. And we want you to be the face of superhuman law. It's suddenly less about her ability as a lawyer and more about the fact that she has superpowers. Metaphor, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And superpowers she doesn't want. Right. But- yeah she never asked for this and i love this i do love the speech in the first episode between her and bruce when bruce is like you know you're gonna have to get used to being a superhero and she's like i don't want to be a superhero i have a job and i'm good at that job and i like that job and i want to continue doing that job you why do I-, I have to be a superhero and he says out, well what else are you going to do as a hulk you know what i related
2: that to um again metaphorically when i've heard women talk about a particular part of their body um that big boobs for example You know, it's just like, I, I've heard women complain, like, sure, this gets the attention when I want to get the attention, but it's also a hassle in all these other areas, you know, pain in the back, you know, they have to do this, there's, there's, I've heard enough of this and I don't want to belabor the point too much, but there is definitely a, sometimes I wish I didn't have big boobs kind of a thing because one That's all anyone ever sees. Two, sometimes it's more problems than they're worth. And so that's what I hear when I was like, I don't want superpowers. What I want is to be appreciated for who I am and how talented I am. Which is another thing that I enjoy about this show is that regardless of how talented she thinks she is, she is often undercut, Andrew. She is often undercut throughout this show and made to to show that maybe she's not a know-it-all, which is, again, lost on a lot of people that are review bombing this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think I've got... Maybe if I can hit like kind of three points here that I'm kind of thinking of, just kind of in this element of the show, um, and I'll save that one for last. I think first one is we're definitely dealing with not even a reluctant superhero, but a non, an unwilling superhero in a lot of ways. When you look at some of the characters they've brought in recently, like um, like in both Hawkeye and in Miss Marvel, they're both fans of superheroes. They want to be superheroes, and now we have Jen who wants no part of being a superhero. Right. Um, I'll probably also just move into here since we're getting a little bit into the legal discussion, I'll probably say this was probably one of my bigger criticisms of the show where as much as it is, she Hulk attorney at law, and it is supposed to be a legal comedy. This show was pretty light on the legal in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, there was only two or three really good legal scenes and I'll, I'll probably get to one of those in a minute. Um, and, uh, and it just, it didn't come up. A lot. There wasn't a lot of opportunity to really have that courtroom work in there. And I guess one of the things I heard about um, this was from a video. Mark, I sent this one to you. It's from Darren Mooney on the Escapist, talking about a quote from Jess. I think it's Jessica Gao, who was the the head writer on this show, and mm-hmm. she said, "We're having a harder and harder time finding writers, staff writers, who know how to write courtroom scenes anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not a skill that's there anymore." And the the video i definitely recommend everyone check out cuz it gets into a lot of the conversation around where we're at and why we're seeing some of the issues that we're seeing on not only dc based or sorry disney based shows but on a lot of streaming is is the fact that people aren't getting long runs as staff writers on stuff like law and order anymore and they're just not getting some of the the you know kind of the reps in in terms of story tr- structure and things like that Um and I think it explains a lot of of what we constantly talk about here when we talk about pacing issues, setup, payoff, things Mm -hmm. like that in terms of a lot of the shows you review. Um and and sorry, after that long, long sidebar. (laughs) Getting back to to you know, talking about Jen and, and her getting undercut. I mean, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, like I mentioned, she's both a character who's who's um you know who is capable and is confident, but is also insecure in a lot of ways, and sometimes that doesn't manifest itself. It manifests itself in arrogance. I mean, I think kind of the episode I go to is is where they have to have the trial with her um, dealing with the copyright issue, mm-hmm. and it's a discussion of you're a lawyer. Why didn't you copyright your own student name?
2: Right. And, and, I, even, and, and even and and her explanation was like, I didn't even come up with this. They they just yelled it at me on the news.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
2: I, this isn't. <laughs> you wouldn't have even I got her point of view like I didn't think to copyright something I didn't even want and sounded stupid in the first place
3: yeah I mean it, that's probably one thing I'll do another quick sidebar here but I think that's one thing that I really did enjoy about this show without necessarily diving into a lot of lore and even though it had a lot of cameos I felt like this added a lot of texture to the MCU universe mm-hmm. because of course you know you have to if you're a super powered individual you have to deal with things like copyright Right. Where do I get my super
2: suit?
0: I mean, of the old face has
2: been doing that. You know, we had what was it, the Avengers, the musical, or Rogers, the musical, whatever the hell it was called. Oh, guy.
3: I can yep. do
0: this all day, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> um, you know, uh, Alexis, I'm gonna give you a bit of a bit of a, a, a aneurysm here, but yes, superpower influencers would be a thing, <laughs> also. Um, yeah, I mean, Um when we get the Blonsky, you know, he kind of turns himself into his own self-help guru. Of course, there's gonna be a self-help guru for uh for um reform villains. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, like the show, the show is not necessarily I, th- I think it's I think it's genuine in a lot of ways. It's definitely not necessarily kind to Jen a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, again, I go to that. There's one scene that really sticks out to me and and um, it's when they're doing the trial about the um, about the copyright law, and it was after the they basically come up with a strategy of bringing up all the guys that she had gone on these these marginal dates with, sometimes mm-hmm. horrible dates with, and the one you know kind of nice guy at the end um, that uh, that you know, says you know would you would you have gone out with her if she presented as Jen Walters, and he says no she's not really my type and. This is one of the scenes where I think the expression in the CGI really worked. And she's just kind of sitting there and just kind of absorbing that. And just having this very kind of vulnerable moment in a lot of ways. And I, I'll give yeah. the show a lot of credit for, for having that. Can that we contrast scene, that
2: with she she goes on all these dates? Nobody's interested in her as Jen Walter. So she goes out as She-Hulk, and the only way anyone's interested in her is She-Hulk but all she wants is to be appreciated for who she really is and when she finds that guy he's actually spying on her and stealing her and stealing her identity. Yeah, this this show is very protective of her. I can see why I can see why people think she's a fucking Mary Sue and all of that.
0: I will admit some of the courtroom scenes irked me a little bit, but mostly just because I felt that so a lot of times I was just watching going yeah, that wouldn't have happened. For example, when we get uh, the Daredevil episode and they're in court and Leapfrog, who I, I freaking love that they brought him in because he is just one of the greatest would-be wannabe superheroes slash supervillains in Marvel. Every time he shows up, it is a total joke. It's just mm-hmm. like, ah, crap. Some of It's like, who told Leapfrog we were going to be meeting here kind of thing? And he proudly announces that he put jet fuel in his boots and the designer Jacobson is just like well no wonder it freaking crashed I told you not to do that (laughs) and the judge throws the case out and I'm sort of going shouldn't this have been discussed it's like you guys usually have a discussion without a judge between the two lawyers see if you can settle out of court and talk about this because it's like that kind of stuff should have been thrown out long before a judge ever you know got a hold of that kind of thing and it's like you actually—it's like you didn't go over that. It's like Jen, you didn't do your research and find out that he did something that's stupid. Yeah, like I mean, and I think the
3: like I like that because I like the you know kind of the, the underlying legal principle of warranty and you know using things fit for purpose and things like that. But yeah, she would have had a conversation. It's like, did you get any instructions with your super suit? Did you use it as prescribed by the designer? Things like that. But mm-hmm. and again, that's something like. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but it doesn't even kind of. I'll use an example of a show I like, and Mark, I know you like this one. Like, I kind of wish it had at least risen to the level of suits. Mm.
0: All right. So, yes. So she is. So, going on, moving on, Walters uh, is now running the superhuman law firm or uh, part of the law firm. And her first case is to rep- represent Emil Blonsky who has completely changed from the character we saw in the incredible hulk but i know a lot of fans were really happy to have him back i'm a huge tim roth fan love when i see him movies i was so thrilled to hear he was coming back especially after that little tease that we got in shang chi uh in the fight club and yeah he is completely reformed and i oh my god i love the fact that he is god, Li- multiple life partners it's just like how freaking manson can you make this oh my <laughs> god but i think it also says on the fact that uh walters tries to get out of it because there is a conflict of interest the dude tried to kill her cousin you know when they destroyed harlem and her boss is essentially going nope don't want to hear it don't care go do it and there is a lot with her boss you know, kind of pushing her again more as the mascot than anything he doesn't want to hear about a conflict of interest he doesn't want to hear about any other problems when titania gets the copyright thing and you know starts going you know starts using she-hulk as her brand the boss comes in and goes why did i see an advertisement for a she-hulk booty boosting shake (laughs) still trying to figure out the science of that one actually (laughs) Like all that but stuff again, there is no
1: science.
0: Oh yeah. But again, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about Jen Walters. He doesn't care about any conflict he has. She's she hulk to him. And he's just like, You need to do what I want She-Hulk to do. He doesn't care that right. there's a conflict of interest. He doesn't care that, you know, she as a person didn't, you know, copyright her or trademark her own name. I thought somebody was going to jump in after that. Apparently I was wrong.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if you had a question or anything. And I mean, if you're looking for a response to that, I mean, there was a criticism about uh, the men in this show. Everyone it's the same. I've brought this up a couple of times. My grandmother always complaining about um, how Italians are. They're either dumber in the mafia. A lot of complaints online about how men are presented. And look, we've done our fair share of complaining about that too. But I would like to think that ours is not – unfair you know i think when when i think when we when we cite it out we understand that men are imperfect um and when presented as so that is part of the human experience it's okay um there's i think somewhat of an unfair criticism here that every man in this show is a moron you know or, or whatever I, here's my problem with that it's entirely believable that, that 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 someone would act that way which is why i don't yeah. not really have a problem with it you have a guy he's just like my my, my concern is this is a private law firm. This is not a government job. This is a private law firm. They are trying to make money, and I don't know if you've talked to most people who run businesses. They're not interested in a lot in a lot of the detail. They just want to make money, and so him going, I'm not really interested in your conflict of interest. Just get this done because it's it's money. It's it's a case. It's a it's a job. It's a gig. Uh, so that's also
0: It's also appearances. Got to keep right. that up. Got to keep it going. It's like, we are now the superhuman law firm. We need to make sure that we're, you know, you know presenting a proper image of that.
2: Right. Yeah. And so when you have the situation where she, you know, where he says to her that this specific thing you brought up, um, where, sorry. Uh, he's like, I, why did I see a billboard here? He's not... It's not a dumb thing. It's it's not even like a self-centered thing. It's like, is this gonna cost me money? <laughs> that's all that's happening in that scene. So I don't understand why that bothered people as much as it did. But uh, you know, to me it seemed pretty straightforward. It was just like, is this gonna be a problem? Is this gonna cost me is this gonna cost me clients? It's gonna cost me money.
0: So of course we have Jen defending uh Blonsky. We also have the first appearance of the wrecking crew which actually got me excited love the idea that they've kind of stolen Asgardian technology to make their weapons thought that was a neat touch and i'm not gonna lie i just freaking love that they attack jen she transforms as she hulk and it proves that these four are completely incompetent at their jobs
2: yeah that 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 is one of my criticisms i just wish they had i wish they had done more with them i like the wrecking crew from you know, when I've seen them in the Thor series, uh, they popped up here and there over Marvel Comics. Not that they were like Dr. Doom level villains or anything like that. But this this was a personal one for me. This isn't necessarily a craft thing, though. I can make it one. I think if you're going to put stuff, stuff in the show, maybe make it mean a little bit more than, you know, why use the Wrecking Crew if they're just going to be nameless goons and you're not going to use them again? And the only one that they do use is the guy with the crowbar. But by that point, he's not doing anything with the crowbar. He's not really part of the wrecking crew. That could have been a completely different character. So it's like they, and again, if you wanted, I think there were other characters. Marvel's list of characters is about, you know, a million long. There is any number of characters that don't quite mean as much to the fandom that they could have used for that. And then have them show up later in the group therapy session to where you're not you're not abusing what I think the Wrecking Crew are more popular than they're giving them credit for. That's That seemed like, oh, nobody cares about the Wrecking Crew, everyone thinks they're a joke. It's like, well, no, <laughs> like some people like them and maybe don't misuse them like that. Um, I thought the, I thought the way they did it, it's so hard because everything looks so goofy in comics. And when you try to make something goofy in real life, it just highlights how ridiculous it is. So I think they tried. but. Because again, they weren't paying a lot of attention to it and they weren't making it more serious, that looked goofier than it needed to be. Uh, I gotta go AFK for a second.
0: Okay, um, Andrew, I'll go ahead and direct this to you because I think this actually what he's talking about the wrecking crew does add up to what is admittedly a pretty big problem with the series, and that's the lack of a central antagonist. You know, we get uh Titania who appears for a couple and she's annoying as hell and she is definitely an obstacle but she's not really the central antagonist she you know she's just an annoyance you know we got the wrecking crew yes they show up once they're gone and then we have this big build up with intelligentsia and the guy running it and again I talked about this on another podcast and we threw out so many theories about who was going to be the bad guy at the end of this we thought it was you know abomination was going to be actually double dealing that the whole i'm reformed and i'm running a retreat thing was a facade uh someone suggested the leader who we know is coming back for captain america uh or the captain new captain america movie and i thought that actually made a ton of sense if you look at how he acted in the edward norton hulk movie i was like oh my god of course he'd want she hulk's blood and the bad guy is a douchey hipster who's essentially pouting because he got turned away by She-Hulk on a date. Yeah, and I think,
3: Alex, I agree with that. We're, we're kind of on our second, even going back to Miss Marvel, we're kind of on our second Marvel series here that doesn't really have a strong overall arc on this. And I mean, I don't even know if it's necessarily an antagonist. I mean, I, I kind of got a kick out of it being the um i mean maybe this is, just goes to how meta the show realized it was in terms of the reception it was going to get but i think there was something kind of brilliant about it being a lot of nerdy uh, actually nerdy is not even the right word a, a lot of well kind of toxic fanboy boy types who were who were kind of the, the ultimate enemy at the end mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm
3: I will have to criticize that that scene though, man. Those two guys, those all those guys looked way too well kept to be having those kind of online
0: personalities. No kidding. It's like I I understand it's Hollywood actors are gorgeous. I understand that you want to get some beautiful people in there, but oh my god, yeah, it's like where are the neck beards? There were no literal neck beards at that meeting. You missed the mark completely.
3: I literally turned to my wife and said, "I don't believe this scene. I should be able to smell it through the screen." As awful as that sounds, but yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, there was definitely a a little bit of a a lack of overall arc. And I mean, one thing I understand the show was was trying to do was to take a little bit more of a a purely episodic approach to the the show where as opposed to it being like Falcon and the winter soldier, which was arguably like a six hour movie cut into six parts. This Mm -hmm. was going to also try and do a little bit of that, that, you know, kind of, case of the week sort of thing but again they kind of dropped it there There, there's definitely a little bit of identity crisis when it came to exactly what this show wanted to be and i think that does manifest a little bit and they do definitely kind of poke fun at things like again we talk about leapfrog i was just trying to look up the rest of the characters that that happened that came in during the retreat so um man bull and porcupine and and things like that and apparently those are perfectly comic accurate costumes they're just kind of ridiculous characters
2: Oh, I got to bring that up because Jeff and I got into kind of a fight about that on the first episode of the Whis- Whiskey Rebellion. He, uh, I hadn't seen it yet. Um, I hadn't seen the episode, but I saw his TikTok. And like the caption of his TikTok was um, something along the lines of the last episode of She-Hulk uh, made gave me erectile dysfunction. Okay, that's funny. I don't know what the context of that is.
0: Everything gives him erectile dysfunction, apparently.
2: I'm guessing he's used that before.
0: He uses it almost every week about uh, Brie Larson.
2: Does he really? Oh, God, he's still on that?
0: He is still on that. He is still on Brie Larson's flat ass.
2: Moving on. Anyway... Um, I assumed it was just it was just specifically related to that episode. I am like, God, what was so wrong with this? that like, And I didn't see what his TikTok was. I just saw the caption. And I'm like, okay, apparently this really bothered Jeff. And then I had him on the show and we weren't really scheduled to talk about She-Hulk at the time. But I was like, you know, I, I mentioned something. We were talking about the Black Panther trailer and then I somehow got into the She-Hulk. I'm like, what is your beef with episode seven? He was like, it emasculated every single man on that episode. It emasculated every single man on the show. And I'm like, there's a group therapy session, like they're supposed to be showing their feelings and dealing with their frustrations and their traumas, and they're supposed to be sharing. He was like he was emasculating. I'm like, it, <laughs> so what we're saying here is, and it's men so are supposed
0: to go to therapy. I Well,
2: we did an entire thing about this with the boy season three about how it is a trait of almost of toxic masculinity to both. You have men who already struggle with expressing themselves and dealing with their emotions and seeking help. And it is you're you're seen you're seen as emasculated if you going to Jeff's point, you're seen as emasculated if you try to get help for yourself, if you express that you have emotions. This is a common thing actually on TikTok, is men putting up stuff that says, Hey, anytime we, right, we try to tell people that we have problems and that we need to talk about things, we're called pussies, go to work. Okay. <laughs> and so then you do that, you say, I'm going to bottle up all my feelings. And hey, because we're imperfect human beings and we're not expressing ourselves, we tend to rage out. Now we're toxic. There's no winning. There's no winning. And when they try to do- deal with that in the show, it evokes a reaction out of someone like, God bless him. I, this is not to criticize Jeff, but it evoked a reaction out of Jeff. Like, well, why do we have, this is not what I want to be watching in my superhero show, I think is what he was trying to tell me. I want to see daredevil kicking the shit out of people in a hallway, not men talking about their feelings. If I wanted to watch men talk about their feelings, I'd watch in treatment fair, but (laughs) can we not have elements of the entire human experience in our comedy show about a, you know, a rage monster. I'm just asking for a friend.
3: Oh, exactly. I, I, you know, kind of like that episode. I mean, I thought the humor was a bit broad in places, but okay. But, Mm-hmm. I think, again, there there's a ring of authenticity to it, both in the terms of Blonsky, as I mentioned, having mm-hmm. a little bit of a self-help thing, but also the fact that, you know, once superheroes are a thing, people are going to either be, they're going to try and leverage that for themselves. They're going to try and turn themselves into a superhero. Like, I mean, I've talked about this before on other podcasts, like, you know, I've done martial arts for 20 years and there is no shortage of fraudsters out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we're looking at a whole new genre of them that, that people have referred to as gravy seals, <laughs> which, which sounds exactly what it looks like. Go Google it on your own and, and you'll, you'll see some very silly stuff. But it's like there wasn't anything particularly wrong with that episode. And, and if, if it was, it was and if it was anything to do with those characters, it was because they were kind of being shown to be flawed as they were.
2: The other thing about it, which I was trying to explain to Jeff, and he was not getting it because he was very much focused on his point, which was men should look like men when they're men. And, you know, late, you know, <laughs> you do you do your mental health in private. God damn it. Not not in my She-Hulk show. Fair, I guess. Um, but it missed the entire point of her monologue. She has a really great monologue at the end of that episode where she finally comes clean and talks about how she's feeling. And it, it to me, it was like the most resonant part of the entire series. It was also, it was also a um, an example of her growth as a character, which everyone seems to bypass or utterly ignore.
0: It's also relatable again to a lot of women. I mean, I would like to hope that I have never been to the case of, oh no, I don't have Wi-Fi signal. I need to get out of here because there's still a teeny tiny second he could text me. But yes, I have had moments where I have felt. That loss, that alone, that dejected. And it feels horrible. And her, yeah, her bit about, it's like, I thought I finally found someone because they'd gone on a few dates. And she genuinely thought they had a connection. Again, finding out that he's a spy who was hired to, you know, essentially infiltrate her life. But... I can think, I know that I I, I can, actually, I'm pretty sure at least you guys have also had a case of, it's like, I thought I had a connection with someone. Maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't a romantic connection. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a work thing. It's like, I thought my boss finally got me. And it, when it stops, when the, the connection just disappears, you feel not just empty, but you're confused. You're going, well, was it me? Did I do something wrong? You know, is there a reason for this? And it beats you up
2: hmm
0: and what her yeah you're right mark her speech about how she finally felt accepted by this guy and how horrible it is it really does ring true for a lot of people
1: plus. Yep.
0: All right, Alexis. What else you want to talk about? Well, we did somehow pass up in the third episode the clip that destroyed the internet: She Hulk twerking.
2: All right, let's talk about it. So, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, women women dance. That's that's a thing they do. Women, um, if TikTok is any indicator. Uh, women shaking their ass and twerking is a thing that happens. And it's not just big girls, not just black girls. It's all kinds of girls. White girls, small girls, skinny girls, girls, pretty girls, ugly girls. Everyone likes to shake that ass.
0: And if Megan the <laughs> Stallion is in my office, I am the whitest woman on the planet and I will fucking twerk.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand why that... Why that upset people like Andrew, did you happen to catch what exactly was the through line? What was the argument that people were purporting as to why this was a bad thing?
3: I I don't know if I actually paid close enough attention to the criticism. I knew there was outrage, but (laughs) I think if you're getting that pissed off over that kind of scene,
1: Mm -hmm. then
3: I think there's a real level of, of just, like I said, I mean, I, I've used this phrase before, but kind of bad faith arguments being really, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say, it. you're being precious about the whole thing. It's a comic book character.
2: So there's a lot of, I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. There's a lot of criticism about the Thor character, especially in, in light of Love and Thunder, which people didn't love and it didn't do that great. Um, it's not, not, as, as, not as damn good. It,
0: was like it, it had its nine. flaws and it was nowhere near as good as Ragnarok. I, I think Robert. it, it, I'll it was in this.
2: It was in the seven hundred millions. They were looking for a billion with that one. It, you know, when it when it does not do as good as its predecessor. Yeah,
3: um, mar- marginally you know. so. It, it it was not a flop by any means. No,
2: I'm not. Didn't say it was. Just yeah. didn't do. They, there's some backlash. One yeah. of the one of the criticisms of Thor is that they've made him a complete idiot. Thor in yep. the comics is not an idiot. Thor in the comics is very serious. Thor in the comics, you know, is a warrior god um you know in in many in many parts of his existence struggling with the weight of being the prince of asgard and all of that and none of that is in the marvel iteration of him not not at least not since the second movie um they they've made yeah they they've made him more of like a comedy character and look that that appeal this is the problem that gets lost on people Broad characters uh, tend to appeal to a greater majority of people outside of comic book fandom. But if you're a comic book purist and you see Thor not behaving like Thor, then it's all shit and it needs to be burned to the ground. And so I think people looked at She-Hulk and was like, I just want all my characters to be serious and to be taken seriously. And I wonder how much of this is an insecurity. Like this this might be an underneath thing and I might be reading too much into it, but I'm wondering how much for people, they're so insecure about themselves, And they're so insecure about their love for comics that if somebody sees one of their beloved characters doing anything less than awesome, they're going to turn and look at them and go, why do you like this silly shit? And because they're so sensitive, if you if you ask them, why do you like this silly shit? They're going to fucking crumble. There was nothing wrong with what she did. She was (laughs) she was dancing with a celebrity at the end of an episode. The fact that we have to spend this much time talking about it irks me. And and and, and I don't mind doing it because I wanted to address it. But the fact that I have to fucking irks me. Like, we're thi- you see the word precious? We're this sensitive? We're this precious about meaningless shit <laughs> that it generates an online fucking debate. It drives me nuts. It's why a lot of times I, I can't be on Twitter.
0: Let's face it, Mark. We're on Twitter under duress. I'm definitely on Twitter to, to market the podcast. And I don't know if that's I duress. rest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're there for our be. jobs. We're not there yeah. because we want to be. We're there because social media is a crucial part of people who run mm-hmm. podcasts and run businesses. Well, that's how I
2: well, a year or so ago, over a year ago, when I got on TikTok, that was the reason why I was like, this is dumb. I don't want to be on this. They're so, like, it's where your audience is. If you don't find a way to reach people um in different quarters you're not going to grow your podcast and so you know a year later i'm you know fucking duetting with strange women but um
0: <laughs> but, I keep, my sister keeps telling me i gotta get on tiktok for honeysuckle rose and i'm just really gonna going should. i don't know what how what what am i supposed to do look keychain <laughs> I, I have no idea what to do on tiktok i, don't I don't really put, don't
2: put, put your wares on your dog and film your dog walking around to you know different sounds
0: Eddie, you want to be a TikTok star?
2: What dog doesn't want to be a TikTok star? Hey, Andrew, anything else about the twerking or the show in general?
3: I think the only way they could have made it worse is if they gave her uh, James Madison's flute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll duet <duetting> with Ariel. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Bravo. <laughs> Bravo.
2: Hang on. I have an applause button for that reason.
0: Alright, so we also get uh, the return of Wong, uh, who hires uh, Jen to go after, what's his name? Donnie Blaze, not related to another superhero with the last name Blaze, who is a former protege who essentially took the sling ring and ran, and he has been using it to become a Chris Angel style magician, and Wong's a little pissed off about that. And that also introduces what the character that has scarily taken off in popularity, Madison, with two ends and a Y, but it's not where you think.
3: And she could only this character is this woman, I'm sorry, Mark.
0: Say <laughs> so this actress is already getting booked for Comic Cons. Nice. She has become that popular.
2: We like our silly.
0: We do. Yeah, and it was perfect. Like I
3: mean. The thing is like okay there's characters like Madison and there's car- characters like uh, Titania and they may be annoying and they may be irritating but that's because they actually exist on this world and they're played perfectly.
2: So I watched Halloween ends this morning before we started recording. We're recording this on uh, Friday the 14th and a there's
3: or was it
0: VOD?
2: It's 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 day and date on Peacock and in theaters. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. I was going to say, it's like, what theater shows a, a movie that early in the morning?
2: So I'm watching Halloween Ends this morning and because I wasn't going to the theater to see it. And there's a scene between two nurses and one nurse is just prattling on and on and on. And the other nurse finally says, like, do you, do you, why do you talk like I'm not in the room? And the nurse goes, you're right, I do do that. It just, you know, saunters out. And I'm watching that scene like that has to be the most realistic thing in this entire movie. All right. So anyway, (laughs) I was like, at the point, (laughs) it
0: was funny, but
2: I was relating that back to the idea of you know people acting like people as dumb as people can be.
3: Okay, I'm not. I gotta jump in with one thing really quick. The most relatable moment of this entire series. (laughs) We've all had this moment. We all hate this moment. Mm -hmm. You go to the wedding, and it's a cash bar.
2: Oh, my no! God. Okay. I've never wanted to walk out of a wedding so fast.
0: So <laughs> I am a former wedding photographer.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: spent years taking pictures of weddings and watching this episode. I was just like, so somebody went through the list of all of the complaints that have ever been at every worst wedding ever. <laughs> Put them all in there. Yeah. Just <laughs> threw it in a blender, didn't they?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, what's next on the agenda there, Alexis?
0: all right well i are looks like we're gonna go ahead and skip the discussion about the wedding then so the next actually since we've already talked about uh blonsky's retreat is i guess then we're gonna go ahead and talk about the cameo that everyone was dying for and i swear i think i saw like 100 comments on twitter after every episode up until this going where the blank is daredevil so I want to throw a question to you guys. I brought this up on another uh, show that Daredevil was teased as appearing in like the second trailer, I think it was, mm-hmm. and we saw that he was going to be in the classic golden red costume uh, from the early days in the comics. Uh, he had also been teased at the end of uh, I can't remember which episode it is. It's the one that introduces Jacobson, the stylist who actually does make the superhero suits. And we see that he has been commissioned to make Daredevil's new costume because he walks over a box light and he basically gets mad because it's been left out in the open and the camera zooms in and we see it's a gold devil helmet. Do you guys think that this reveal, the, both the, the, the helmet and then Matt Murdock walking into the courtroom would have been so much better if they hadn't revealed Daredevil was going to be showing in the trailer?
2: I'll let you take that one, Andrew.
3: That's a good question i kind of debate because i think
0: yeah mark i think you might
3: have been off for this one but i think we talked a little bit about the fact that this show was very meta and very aware of how people were going to react to it so Mm -hmm. i think if you were looking at it from purely a dramatic point of view i'd say keep that out of the trailer but if you wanted to if you knew exactly what you were going to do with this show and i mean you know we're coming up on the finale here and you wanted to kind of trigger for lack of a better word a certain (laughs) amount of of stupid online outrage, then that's exactly what you do. So I think, I think it goes back to the intent of, of, of what you're trying to do with it as well.
2: I think the other thing to keep in mind, and this is a a fairly obvious thing, but uh, the purpose of a commercial, the purpose of a trailer is to garner interest and, you know, get you to watch if they, you know, if they put something in the trailer, you're going to watch the show to see, you know, when it happens and when it doesn't happen, the first few episodes, you might be, by that point you might be hooked into the show or maybe you're just staying long enough because you want to see your favorite thing finally show up. So to you know to me it made, from a marketing standpoint it made sense. I, I, agree, I tend to agree with you for dramatic purposes, you know, stop giving away stuff uh, in the trailer and then wonder why there's no surprise in the theater. Yeah, but you know I, I get it. I, you know I, I get the reason why they do it.
3: Yeah And I mean, you know my immediate reaction to anything Daredevil related at this point is hallway fight. <laughs> there's gonna be a daredevil there's gonna be a hallway and there's gonna be minions and
0: he's gonna beat the shit out of them no 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 not minions goons remember we have the conversation the difference between henchmen henchmen or goons yeah henchmen believe in the cause goons are just paid when did
2: daredevil get to like wolverine heights of fucking fan obsession like i i I remember the daredevil netflix show being half good
0: and then you have the scene in spider-man no way home which yeah. the minute we saw the cane i i think i used this exact quote the ceiling blew off because everyone went ecstatic
2: right but here's the thing like when he showed up in spider-man and we're like we're acknowledging the netflix show has a direct connection to these and we're i i get the i talked about this when we reviewed spider-man i did a whole shtick on fan reaction and overreaction and to the degree to the to that degree, like I get it. Like, oh, look, the thing from the other thing showed up in the thing I'm watching now. Hooray! It's a big, fat, wonderful universe. Great, I get it. Like, I don't necessarily get that excited, but I, I I'm not <laughs> Ronnie Adams is somewhere out there going, let people like stuff. Yes, Ronnie, I hear what you're saying. It's fine if you like that sort of thing. Um, my but <clears throat> Andrew, it just feels like Somewhere along the line, it's something like, oh, this is fun to see different characters from different things show up in the same thing. It's, it's fun to have that Avengers effect. To, if my favorite character doesn't show up in this thing and kill everybody, I'm burning down my local church. Wait, wait, wow, how did we get here? Wait, what happened that suddenly D- Daredevil is now the bar in which if this character isn't treated the most super serial and kick the most ass, then... Marvel hates men that none of that tracks for me.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I'm hard to, I'm hard pressed to respond to that one. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way about the character. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I love like, I love the, the hallway fight cliche. I love yeah. fight scenes. Those are fantastic fight scenes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Here's my money. Give me more hallway fights. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a little bit of it in terms of Daredevil specifically is that, One, Daredevil's been around for a relatively long time in terms of the MCU. I think the first series was what, two thousand and thirteen? So I'll wiki that to double check. I mean, we're coming up on on nearly a decade of of that character being around. I think he's that series has always been seen as very, for lack of a better word, prestige in, in kind of the MCU in terms of the The way it was received 2015
2: season one was solid half of season two was good and the other half was was really bad and then season three was great can you not act like it's fucking godfather 2 though
3: (laughs) well for well for (laughs) comic book fans it
2: is i guess so jesus christ i mean
3: yeah i mean you know there's definitely a little bit again and it gets back to people being a little bit precious about these Mm -hmm. and, and things like that i mean if we want to get right down to what I think we're going to go to in terms of the nitty gritty of the way they portrayed Matt. Um, I mean, on some level, I think this is, this is, I think hopefully both rewinding and then also advancing the character a little bit where he's gone a little bit more back to the Matt that we saw in season one of dear where, you know what? Yeah. He goes out with foggy and has a drink. He has mm-hmm. a little bit of, of fun in his life and he's actually willing to smile as opposed to being the endless mommy issues be, did we want him to be
2: did we want him to be depressed and traumatized forever yeah and it is you know it's, it's the Punisher thing the Punisher I, as much as I, I I get why people like him the Punisher has one mode kill everyone and it's like that's that's it that's what we want for everybody We, we nobody deals with anything nobody gets healed nobody gets better nobody tackles different aspects of their life everyone is just an, I'm killing everybody mode how is that not boring as shit for people?
3: Yeah, I mean I think that kind of goes to some of the issues they had on mm-hmm. on season two of Punisher and mm-hmm. the way they've tried to to weave these longer stories mm-hmm. with them. And and that is no discredit to John Bernthal, who plays that character
2: so bloody oh, well. Sure. Absolutely. John Bernthal is fantastic. Go 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 watch John Bernthal in a show for adults called We Own the City. Plug plug.
3: Yeah. Or go watch him in any number of things because the guys are fucking amazing actor. no but only stuff like this
2: no only stuff by david simon
3: yep oh, his <laughs> podcast is great too but anyway <laughs>
2: um yeah what i it's real quick comment on that on the daredevil episode i didn't i i know that uh, that annoyed people too and then he does the walk of shame at the end oh, oh my
0: forget, daredevil has sex
2: god forbid like... daredevil touched a girl by the yeah, way he had sex with Elektra the... too
0: Wait, who in the uh, podcast said it's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not like Daredevil didn't miss the one day of Catholic school about premarital sex? <laughs> <laughs>
2: But here's the thing: like, can can't we forget that Daredevil that? regularly banged fucking Elektra, and, and didn't he throughout the comics? Didn't he? Wasn't he like up there with Hawkeye and the amount of broads he banged throughout? Uh, oh,
0: Daredevil's the- a man whore. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: why are we acting this way?
3: Daredevil's like the how it should have ended Batman, where it's like, you want to know my secret identity? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but i think yeah. the walkers the walker shame thing is something that's associated with women they go home with a guy sleep with said man and then they you know then they leave the apartment shoes in hand and like huh, look at the whore that's our culture that's our society and that is what that is what got i i'm saying it you know and normally i ask the question to elicit conversation Now i'll just fucking tell you they saw daredevil doing a girl thing that's what girls do That's what girls do andrew but girls do my wife sex. absolutely
3: loved that. She she fell <laughs> off the couch. She thought it was so funny. Okay.
2: Only girls are whores, men just have sex. Welcome to America 2022.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I'm this just gonna America. say Daredevil had the best one-liners in the whole series. I freaking love, she's like, I'm gonna whoop your ass in the line, my ass remains unwhooped. That is going down as my favorite line from this yep. series. I love that.
3: You know what though? I mean, they still wrote him like Matt though. Like, I mean that little monologue he gives in the bar where it's like Jennifer Walters can help people via the where society fails them and and She Hulk can help them where the law fails them. Like that is vintage with that character. And right. the way he's been written in in the MCU. So I mean Yeah, in terms of the way they wrote the character, it's fine. Um I was not a fan of the yellow suit. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I thought that
0: looked Th- that's <laughs> gotten a lot of polarized. Some people like it just because it's a callback to the original design that he had when he first debuted. The, the original
2: was goofy as fuck though, and works in a comic book that was made for children. But yeah, I don't know why they went backwards with that.
0: I'll admit and I'm think, not a huge fan of it. I I don't think it's ugly. I'm not sort of going, "Oh god, that's is, But I, if if I had to choose, I'd pick the red suit. I
2: dance in the shadows. I attack goons in alleys. I'm they bright didn't yellow and red. completely
3: tear that suit down because they were basically just recolored part of the ones from the TV series, which I was never necessarily the biggest fan of. Like I mean, I think we we had this conversation on the chat. I think the 2003 suit looked a little bit better. It was a little bit lower profile. It was a little bit less kind of it, the 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 MCU version of the Daredevil suit gets a little bit strappy and a little bit kind of lifeless.
2: <laughs> see, I didn't. See, I doses, like though. I I like the season three. Uh, suit. I think that's what you said. Season three suit. Um, I, I liked when he had looked like he had plate armor on or like leather armor, because realistically, if you're out there fighting crime in a leotard, you're going to get stabbed a lot.
0: I'll admit, and it would I'm, make I... more
2: sense to have leather plating like that.
0: I did agree with you guys. I actually, as, as much as we all hate the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie mm-hmm. and rightfully so, I did like his costume because not only did it seem practical, I kind of like the idea of this is how somebody without endless resources would make a costume. It's got a very motorcycle leather feel to it. It would make sense that that's something he could get thrown together very easily.
2: He, the, the Now I realize what you were saying. 2003 versus MCU. So to be clear, I like the MCU Daredevil costume versus the 2003 one the 2003 one looks a little bdsm to me you know he, lo- he looks a little too you know leather-clad warrior going to the dance club um where again this one feels to me like this is a guy who's going to be in alleys fighting crime he's wearing shit to protect him from being stabbed and shot. Yeah.
3: and i think it's just the way they, they kind of compose it like it just doesn't mm-hmm. it, it it's a it's busy i think that's probably the better way of saying it like i mean the MCU has been able to pull off some fairly detailed designs. Mm-hmm. Like look at any of the Iron Man armors and yet it still mm-hmm. doesn't look busy. Like this one just has a bunch of stuff that they could have cleaned up from like a, a almost like steampunk
2: aesthetic. A little right? bit. Almost yeah. like a steampunk aesthetic. I,
3: I yeah. am going to take the moment to say here also coming the thing from 2003 that they brought over that I didn't like was all the CGI daredevil moments <laughs> <laughs> that did not, that did not work well.
2: Okay.
0: And Jesse and I did have a laugh on another podcast about this episode, though, when he gets it, when Jen takes his helmet off and it's like, oh, what a surprise. Daredevil gets a secret identity exposed. In other news, the Trix rabbit must suffer. It's like <laughs> world, It's like worst kept secret in the Marvel universe. <laughs>
2: oh, is that where you got that from when you were antagonizing Pat?
0: No, that's actually just a line. I heard someone say it's like, oh, and in other news, water is wet, the sky or the sun, the sky is blue, water is wet, the tricks rabbit must suffer it. And that's That's just always stuck with me. I love that line.
2: Okay. All right. Anything else?
0: (sighs) Gentlemen, I think we have to talk about the finale. Of course. Yes.
3: Everyone's on their NDAs, right?
2: (laughs) All right. I fucking love the finale. I thought that was great. I, the, the, the whole like beginning fight. And then she just stops because this is dumb. Why are we doing this? And then that tacit recognition that this is the way everything in Marvel ends. Maybe can we do something different? And she's consulting. And, and Andrew, this is where we have to talk yes. about this.
3: Okay. This is evidence. Yeah, that go ahead. Some goddamn intern listening to us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Unpaid intern who has been spying on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network for 10 years now. <laughs> in our private conversations, because this wasn't said on a podcast. Yes.
0: All right. Secret's out. It's Eddie. <laughs> Fair enough um
2: cut me off andrew and talk about plain english for a second and so give everyone context as to why the thing with kevin to me and you was so hilarious
3: okay so there's this this really great podcast called plain english and that's, that's basically what the idea of the the podcast is they take very complex conversations and they break it down into a relatively short kind of one hour per episode and just last week they they dropped an episode talking about some of the AI stuff that's going on right now. One of the things you've probably seen is that there's a text-based, basically, I'll just use app. So basically you put in descriptive words and this thing will harvest imagery from the internet and compose it into something that fits that.
0: Most of it's nightmare
3: fuel. Yeah, basically. Well, in some cases it it seems to be quite good. But in any case, this kind of turned into a conversation around, it's starting with art, they're also doing this for music. So the host, the host specifically said he could go into this app and say, "I would like someone to write me a song in the in the combination of Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift that is both happy and wistful." And and this will actually go and it will do that. So obviously, you know, you're getting into a lot of questions around the nature of creativity and artistry and things like that. And of course, the conversation kept on going and they started talking about, okay. Does this not make sense that this would be the way you'd want to try and apply this to, say, film scripting, particularly if you have film scripts for very, very high value, high value properties, such as like a $200 million movie or, or, hey, high value streaming service. So that conversation happens. Mark and I actually, Mark actually calls me and we actually talk offline, not on a podcast format about this because we found this whole thing so fascinating. And lo and behold, Kevin <laughs> shows up.
0: It openly says that it is an uncredited actor, but I am convinced that's either Fiegi or it they fed his voice into a computer to create a an AI, yeah, an AI voice that, that uses his tones. Yeah.
3: All right. So I'm kind of surprised <laughs> we didn't get any jokes about how you actually pronounce his last name. Fiegi it's feige, it's Feige, It's, I've heard a couple of different, or I've probably attempted a couple of pronunciations, right. but
2: yeah, so she thinks she's going to see Kevin Funkadactyl. and um, you know, it turns out she's just seen Kevin the AI. Ha, that's funny. The conversation that takes place between her and Kevin, though, struck me as hilarious because yeah. it, because again, and not to beat this particular dead horse that we've been talking about for the past hour and 20 minutes, but there is an antagonism between. Um, Hollywood writers, Hollywood in general, and fandoms, and it's like, cater to our needs, read our minds, cater to our needs, because we're not really great at expressing ourselves and what we really want, but do what we want, or or face the consequences, and Hollywood going, how about you let the professionals just tell good stories? And they're at loggerheads. Yeah. Um, and so this show is calling that out, which is why I liked it so much, because I don't... Yeah i don't i don't need to see another cgi battle i don't need to see another like you know epic conclusion i don't you know i don't need to see another war i liked the one of the things i liked about the scream series was the meta commentary about the horror genre i like when something takes a point of view even if it's one i don't agree with see every podcast i've ever done um And yeah, although this
0: episode was so meta that I think even Deadpool would blush. (laughs) It didn't bother me. Apparently, somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter actually like share this or call Mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds and say,
2: dude, the bar has been raised for you. (laughs) 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 What? So, the perspective of the show is superhero stuff can be made fun of. There are things that there, there there are things to examine. There are things that don't work, and it's fun to call those things out. This should not be anyone's holy bibble, okay? We you know this this isn't the thing that you should be basing your entire life and personality around. It's a thing that exists for entertainment. That's what I liked about that ending was it went so far against the grain because. I, and I already know that there's going to be other shows out there. They're going to be other friends of ours. They're going to look at that and go, why did we get that kind of a conclusion? Why didn't I get my epic fight? Why didn't I get this? Why didn't I get that? Why? Why? There's only 160 million shows out there. Why does every single one of them have to end the same way? Why can't this one kind of look at all of that and go, that's, get, that's dumb. Why are we doing this? And that's the end. That's the end of the show.
3: That was kind of the problem with Miss Marvel on some level. They didn't mm-hmm. have a better resolution
2: than, than mm-hmm. the one they gave us right yeah so they, they write themselves into a corner and then they go well i guess we have to have a fight scene now shang chi was kind of the same thing and robert brought that up had you just leave it between shang chi and his father to yes. settle to settle their differences it's fine when you had the giant dragon battle and, and everything else that went yeah. on during that conclusion is when you know it went comp- in the to the point where even like the pitch meeting guy called that out it's like oh you know, over the top marvel ending check wait sometimes subtle is fine sometimes yeah. you know subtle works just ju- just as well um this wasn't subtle though no but what i mean i'm subtle in the sense of not over the top um un- uh, uh, the word I'm looking it's for? like
0: she broke through <laughs> the M's the Disney that was funny. screen. No, I'm agreeing. But I'm <laughs> saying that is over the top. Oh. He's like, you can call it it's subtle, it does have to be over the top. I'm like, well, what the hell do you call this?
2: Um, not a giant CGI dragon battle. You know, yeah, no or, Kaiju fucking, fights. yeah or at the end, Venom, the CGI blobs fighting each other. What made my Ugh. eyes hurt? Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked, I I like the ending just fine. I think my only issue was when they were like, how do you want to resolve this? And she's like, "I just want Emil Blonsky to take, you know, take responsibility for himself." And it just cuts to him going, "Yeah, I give up. Take me, take me to prison." Eh.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> no actually, things. I'm actually not going to lie. The fact that he did that, I think it actually worked with the way his character has been reintroduced in this series. I, I thought
2: I needed a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. I just needed yeah. a step before that.
0: Okay, it's like no, the, he actually says, and I actually even like the idea that he is so caught up in being a as a motivational speaker mm-hmm. that he didn't bother to check what the theme was of the event he was hosting at right. that area. It's just like, dude, did you not even read what their manual, what, what they said they were going to talk about? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Emil Blonsky as Jordan Peterson was kind of a funny thing. <laughs> Boy, um, we're going to catch heat for that line now. <laughs> 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 I think I agree. I really liked it. I like the fact they called it out. I think they needed, both Both Alicia and I liked it. I think her immediate reaction, and I definitely share this, is you needed to not have the last scene, just her walking in the courtroom. You needed one last courtroom scene. Right. You needed to kind of tie that up. And on some level, you also, as much as they were being kind of too cute by half with it, they almost did need to, to do the manual rewind back to the scene where Jen comes in have that resolution happen because otherwise none of it makes sense as to why why you know half the things happen so it's it does also turn into a little bit of mildly unsatisfying at the same time it's kind of quite clever
2: Mm -hmm. what'd you think Alexis
0: definitely surreal and I agree that it is probably a good thing that we didn't get a final cgi battle i even love how they tried to bring it's like they bring in hulk and titania and it's and it's just like why are they here i mean okay i get that you want to wrap things up with them but there makes it makes no sense but again that also goes back a little bit more to what andrew and i were talking about when mark had to step away for a bit that titania is kind of a disappointment as she's supposed to be the main villain She's the main supposed to be the main antagonist and she's just an annoyance.
2: Yeah. I think that the there was no main villain here.
0: That's it, what we talked about when you had to step away. We discussed yeah. how the show cuz we were talking about it's like again i'm just going to repeat this we discussed how leading up to this there were so many fan theories about who was trying to steal jennifer's blood and to what aim and i heard so many great ones and it turns out it's this douchey little whiny prick who's upset because he got stood up after our first date
2: okay so for those watching this that like why won't he complain more about she-hulk okay so i have two complaints one scar looked terrible Ugh. Um, <laughs> Scar's
0: entrance I, was terrible. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry. I, again, I'm assuming they're going to explain this all in World mm-hmm. War Hulk, but it's like, oh, I'm sorry. You brought in the Hulk's son, and he's yeah. got a man bun.
2: And he's got a man bun. I'm like, ugh, I've, I don't get, I don't get too annoyed about stuff like that. But I, I looked at him and I looked at him in the comics, and I went,
0: ugh,
2: okay. Now, see, there are some times I do agree. Like, you really are just tweaking nipples as comic fans. Like, can we, can we make this? Can we make it look as ridiculous as possible? Sure.
0: Apparently um, they wanted to make it look like a Fast hmm. and the Furious ending. <laughs> no, I'm family. serious. That's actually what this was supposed to be. It's a parody, of the ending of the Fast and the Furious movies.
2: Why aren't they all drinking Coronas? I wish the um I know it's only I, I wish the, le- the the last episode had been an hour and the first yeah. half of it had been Hulked Out Heroes. But like but, but do but don't do Hulked Out Heroes, do Hulked Out Villains. I w- cause there was the there was a perfect setup there and i think they could have had an even bigger laugh if when they called it out. So go with me on this. They they have she hulks blood but everybody has a syringe. And that whole group of that whole group of toxic men that all hate the she hulk and all of that, you know, that whole group of, you know, incels, neck beards, whatever you want to call yeah. them. They all take it and <laughs> And that in the first half an hour is she hulk trying to like depower them as they're running around fucking hulking out, smashing sororities, you know, (laughs) just (laughs) anywhere where women conquer, they're knocking out yoga studios, wherever the women are. They're just like, rah, I'm Hulk and I will smash these things. You know, and she's got to run, you know, run around with her team to try to depower them. And then somewhere in the middle of all that go, This is ridiculous, you know, and then do the thing where she breaks out and goes sees Kevin. They um, there was, was a perfect opportunity to really go over the top, and they just kind of went meh. You know, we everyone gets the point. I'm like, no, this was an opportunity to do something really fun and really big. Andrew,
3: you starting so, to say something? Yeah, I was going to jump in there. See, I think it got set up in another way, and this is something that even was bugging me from from you know the start of the episode one is, you know, when that guy injected himself with the Hulk blood, mm-hmm. I was waiting for him to pitch over <laughs> because no, but. But Hulk said it. It's like his blood is so toxic because of all the gamma radiation Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's like...
0: It It, it killed Stan Lee.
3: It killed...
2: (laughs) Oh, did it? Yeah. No, remember that that scene in in The the Incredible Incredible Hulk Hulk. we got uh, gamma poisoning. A droplet droplet of his blood ends up in the soda and it kills him.
3: Yeah, but it's like... You know, why didn't they have that? And it, he said it was only by virtue of, like, some kind of genetic anomaly in both him and Jen that they were able to survive right. exposure to the Hulk blood. So it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that also begs the question, it's like, Jesus Christ, if if uh, Bruce Banner sneezed, does it, do they need to call on a hazmat team?
0: <laughs> Hulk boogers!
2: <laughs> well, we're going back into lockdown. Hulk <laughs> gave everyone the cold.
0: <laughs> i i don't know if i would have had him like just keel over but if i was expecting something like what we got with the leader just the yeah it was the idea it's like oh i'm sorry you actually thought this would turn you into a giant green hulk no now you look like the end of akira or something
3: yeah you look like uh you look like mm-hmm. um still in skarsgård and uh in dune <laughs> you're Baron going in now. <laughs>
0: Okay, I so don't in, know what's short, worse. Showing up as um, Baron Harkonnen or the end of Akira. Take your pick.
2: I've never seen Akira. So, so in I can't short, say. I don't think it's She-Hulk attorney at law is getting criticized fairly. Um, I think there's room for I think there's room for fair criticism. The writing is slight, it's it's goofy at times. There's something that you said before that I, I wanted to touch on and just had had an opportunity. I also think that people don't understand like sitcoms anymore. Have you have you watched a yeah. the sitcom? They're goofy as fucking shit. But mm-hmm. you know, the Big Bang Theory is a great example of this. It's a goofy ass show with, you know, a weak structure. It's pretty girl, smart, awkward guys, hilarity ensues. And but not but, understanding but, nerd but, culture. <laughs> yeah. But everyone gets upset about that show because it feels like an attack on the thing they like. Um, How I Met Your Mother. I brought that one up specifically because it's like that's like the one, Andrew, that you You're told me. My eye get your go. Mark. Huh? It's going to get my eye twitching. (laughs) How I Met met Your Mother was friends in a bar hanging out for however many seasons it was. You know, and goofy stories and everything. None of this stuff, I mean, you you had the occasional poignant episode, just like you had the occasional, like, different strokes where someone gets molested. But for the most part, sitcoms are traditionally goofy and slight. None of this stuff is super serious. I don't know why you expect that with She-Hulk. When, when the premise of it was, this is going to be Marvel's first sitcom. So, and yeah, I, it, it, it matched the tone for the structure they were going for.
3: See, and I think, I, I think that also goes to a, a term I've kind of come up with, is that you can take something seriously without being serious about it. Right. So, like, even taking those examples like, you know, How I Met Your Mother versus the Big Bang Theory... Like the Big Bang Theory took nothing seriously. It never, it never worked uh, to kind of understand the culture it was engaging with. It just.
2: That's not totally fair. I, because there were definitely elements of the big, there were definitely episodes of the Big Bang series that were, that dealt with things seriously. But it dealt with more like emotional stuff. It dealt with relationships. Oh yeah. The, 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 The Big Bang Theory wasn't about nerd culture. It was about the people in it and how they deal with life and love. Yeah, but I mean,
3: I'd say at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know if it quite always treated it right. I'd say on some level, How I Met Your Mother at times was probably a better nerd series because <laughs> it had running jokes with your friends. It had those sorts yeah. of things. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, things like you look at the MCU, like it took Iron Man very seriously. Was it always mm-hmm. serious about it, though? No, because Tony Stark's kind of, a, you know, you're yeah. dealing very much on that character
2: hang on let's let's call that let's call that one out i'm dying my suit's killing me i'm at the end of my rope let me go hang out and eat donuts
3: yeah but if you're if you're a set hedonist like tony stark is that makes sense
2: okay then he'd have gone to fucking thailand it never mind
3: um (laughs) but But i mean again like this is a good example like you know you go back to the conversation we started with where we talk about what's the source of this this version Mm -hmm. of she-hulk if you look at dan slott and you look at that, that run, and me not reading it, I can't speak to it. But again, if this is really treating that as an authentic, thoughtful piece of, of media that they want to try and adapt, then I think they took it seriously, but again, without being serious.
2: Here's the thing. The, the, the presumption, I'm insulted on behalf of the people who work at Marvel on the presumption that they go into work purposely to do a bad job. Yes. None of these people want this. None of these people at Marvel want to go to work, put in 16-hour days, put something out in the world to have angry neckbeards piss on it and then, Yeah. And say things like you people are dumb. You people hate men. You people hate this. You don't like, you know, you hate comics. God, forbid, like if you are a writer, there are easier gigs out there. Yeah. Go write for fucking Boston Legal. No one's hating you on Twitter. No one's saying you're bad at your job when you write for fucking general hospital, but God forbid you take a Marvel show. Fuck. (laughs) You're putting your life in your hands, man. And And a lot of these people, Robert and I have talked about this. Like they may not be comic book fans. They got a gig as a writer. They went to, they went to college. They got, you know, they interned around Hollywood. They got this gig after that gig. And finally they land a paid gig to write a Marvel show And they just want to do a good job because who the hell wants to get fired? They want to do a good enough job to get hired for the next one. No one's going into this going, well, see how we can fuck the comic book fans today.
3: So on this show, they they maybe made that as a a conscious decision, (laughs) just to try and (laughs) speak the nose, uh, knowing what the response would be at this point.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, the show does have its flaws. If we get a Mm -hmm. second season, I haven't read yet if it's been renewed yet or not for a second season. We do know that uh, Titania Mazley is going to appear in the upcoming Daredevil uh, series which I think makes sense. Again, it's like having her as a lawyer works well with Matt Murdock as a lawyer. It's like those characters just will work together and admittedly, Mazley and Cox have really good uh, chemistry together. I liked yes. seeing them on screen together, but just remember guys, it could have been this <laughs> Okay. What is that? That is Brigitte Nelson as She-Hulk. When there was plans for her to uh, have her own movie in <laughs> uh, the in 1991 with New World Pictures,
2: I'm see not that kidding.
0: Now. We almost got this, folks.
2: I I, I kind of want to see that version of She-Hulk team up with the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, but then I'm a sadist.
0: I kind yeah, of so. wanted them to drop
3: that reference on season two of She-Hulk. <laughs> because, come on, the Incredible Hulk trailer at the beginning of this one was pretty damn good. Oh, I you left know, my oh, ass I off at that.
2: that. But to, to, the, to round this all the way back to the beginning, my wife looks at me and goes, what are they doing? Like, that would be the Incredible Hulk opening, Melissa. Here's your audience, everybody. Your audience is me and my wife. That's it. You have to appeal to both of us, not just one of us. <laughs>
0: Although I'm going to go ahead and say while well, I do like the song that they use for the end credits part of me was kind of hoping it was going to be the sad piano piece from the end of the incredible <laughs> do, 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 do. I was kind of hoping for that to make it All
2: right, take me home baby doll.
0: All right, is there anything else uh, you guys want to bring up before we wrap this up? Is there anything that I forgot to include? I just want to hit two
2: things. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I, I, well, I just want to say because a lot of what inspired me to come on and do this today was watching um the Critical Drinkers review of She-Hulk. And this is like his third or fourth one. They've all been negative. It's like it was like yeah, I, saw, I he did it, he did one based on the trailer. I was like, Come on, guy, you you <laughs> boy are you chum in the water now?
0: Yeah, uh, you know. I love you sent me that and said flat out that this was homework. And I, I, my exact or my exact quote to him was like well, this dude obviously didn't get enough hugs from his mom. Look,
2: I, I don't have a problem with most of what the critical drinker does. But I, and Andrew and I were having this conversation um, yesterday where I said there is an element of what he's doing where he's now cultivated a fan base and he's making content for that fan base. He knows what they want and he gives it to him and he gets the hits for it. And he lives or dies by those hits, which makes me think some of what he does is inauthentic, um, which is what I really don't like. It's not his opinions. It's that he's now coming across as not authentic, uh, which kind of bothers me. And so when I watched his review of She-Hulk, like I don't doubt he feels a lot of that way, but I also think he was wildly unfair about this show. Um, Jennifer Walters is absolutely changed by this experience. Uh, Jennifer Walters, I think is better by, is, be- is a better per- version of who she is by the end of the series than when she started. These were two things he complained about and said that w- wasn't the case, that she was always unlikable. I think also... That, that, that criticism, she's an unlikable character, not to a lot of women who, you know, there was a comment that he made, and I definitely wanted to address this really quick. There was a comment that he made about Jennifer Walters wants polar opposite things. You know, she wants this, but she wants the opposite of this. She wants, she wants this other thing, but the opposite of this other thing. Watch the video. You'll know what I'm talking about. And I went, yeah, that's a lot of women I know. they they sorry i don't be like me offensive about it but that is a lot of women who are just like i want i want both cuddles and space how they're two different things they're the exact opposite but somehow that's the kind of shit you get from people they want you know i want to be i want to be told i'm hot but appreciated for my brains nope (laughs) it's like on and on and on and you know so he's attacking this character for being that way except that That is representation of not every woman, but a lot of women and probably some men. That is a very human thing to not be able to make up your fucking mind what it is you want and not be able to communicate it clearly. uh, There's a phrase in in, in the uh, human experience. I want to have my cake and eat it, too. You know, it means that you, you know, you want to set the rules, but you want to be the only one that benefits from them. That's a lot of people. That's not just this character, and she suffers for it. Get a hold of yourself. Like, interact with people outside of your own goddamn bubble. Off my soapbox. Go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> I don't have anything
3: profoundly as that as that. <laughs> I mean, the show. I enjoyed the hell of the show. You know, I think mm-hmm. we we provide some pretty fair criticism about it. Um, I think there's two other points I want to drop off, and and I don't want to. I don't think there's a lot of detail about this. One, I got a real kick out of all the family scenes. Mm-hmm. I think all those, again, kind of rang true for, for you know, I think somebody who would be in this situation to suddenly find out your kid is suddenly a superhero and some of the comments you get, it's like, oh, I heard this, this guy at the coffee shop wants to be the superhero. I give him your number. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, the cast on this is great. Um, Tatiana Maslany, Canadian, by the way, uh, did a fantastic job, I think.
0: She hides you know, her accent better than you do. Sorry, she hides her accent better than you do. <laughs> sorry, enough. I love it when you say a boot and stuff. It's like, oh, your Canadian is showing. It's so cute.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you all about <laughs> it. Tuck your Canadian away there, Andrew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It makes me laugh. It really does. It's adorable. <laughs>
3: anyway, she did a great job on this. Um, you know, I think for a lot of the flaws that this series had, if you didn't have an actor of her talent playing this role and playing that character with as many sides as she has, this thing would have fallen apart. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I haven't been, this is the first time I've really watched her in. I, I, I never watched uh, orphan black, which I heard was really good. And she literally played 15 people in that show, but, uh, yeah, she did great. She very much held this, this show, uh, uh, together in a lot of ways but yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: All right. Like I said, uh from what I'm okay, so I got it here on wiki, it they haven't greenlit a second season, but they are fully intending to have She-Hulk start to come into the MCU films. Uh, This is something we talked briefly about when we discussed Werewolf by Night the other night, plug, plug, that this is kind of a new trend that um, Marvel is going with. The idea that they don't have to constantly introduce new characters and have them always be stuck in their own entities. This is how they're going to start introducing a lot of new characters and then they're going to have them start appearing in MCU films. Uh, Werewolf by Night, for example, we got the... uh, one hour special it's not a full movie it's not a tv show but we are going to see gael garcia bernal as jack russell terrier uh show up in future projects so this is kind of what they're doing this is a good way for them to introduce the characters without having to constantly worry about you know creating more and more context contact content the specifically for them and again We do know she's going to appear in the new Daredevil project. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a really good idea to have her come in for that. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see more She-Hulk in the future. We'll get to see her in some more uh, projects. I'm blurring all my words together all of a sudden. Oh my god. I have not been drinking. (laughs) So, uh, I think this was a good start for the character. And I did enjoy the series. So... Uh, I guess on that note, uh, shall we move into plugs?
2: All right. Uh, last night, myself and Jesse Starcher continued our trek from the corner to the deuce. This time we talked about season three featuring Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> our reviews are getting increasingly, I, and I joked about this last night, they're they're less about the deeper meaning of these shows and more of, hey, Jesse, remember this line? We literally did a bit from the show. Like, I, I we, me and him did uh, Avon talking to Slim Charles about what kind of muscle they can hire. By the way, Jesse's new name is Eggie Mule. Um so, <laughs> so yeah, our, uh, our calling in that our re- yes you are. Our reviews <laughs> are are increasingly just us gushing about the wire and less about like what's going on in the world. We had a good time talking about it. it it's hard when there's so much to talk about and the show and, and the wire got gets ever increasingly more complex as it gets to season five. And I want to keep these shows to an hour, so it becomes a lot of hey Jesse, remember when Avon Boxdale did this? Hey Jesse, remember when a- when remember when McNulty did that? So that's us for about an hour. Though so there is a there is a discussion of and um, this again goes into the Amsterdam stuff. There is a discussion of drug uh, decriminalization, right or wrong, um, before we got into Memberberry. So check it out if you've been enjoying our From the Corner to the Deuce. Uh, series as part of tv party tonight uh i think we we did another good review there for the wire season three we also reviewed hellraiser on hulu that was myself sean comer and robert winfrey we got the old band back together for that and um what else did we do this week that was monday yeah that was monday uh tuesday alexis already said she did she'd wear what by night with andrea Roseco. um jesse's been dropping a bunch of unspoken issues this week something called unity um and then this weekend, we've got some canned ham for you. We've got our two part retrospective of the Crow movies, uh, part one and part two. Uh, the first two Crow movies is part one of that series drops tomorrow, Saturday, October 15th. And then the last two movies, uh, three and four, are on Sunday. And we kick things off again um, with, Hol- we're doing a long road to ruin for the Of Michael Myers trilogy and H2O. That's on Monday. On Tuesday, we'll be reviewing Halloween Ends. Alexis and Robert will be reviewing Midnight Club on Wednesday. And
0: are we still doing Only Murders in the Building on Wednesday as well?
2: Yes, yes, we are. Thank you for okay. reminding me. And uh, so that's twice we'll get a, a double shot of Alexis. Uh, we will be reviewing season two of Only Murder. I gotta finish watching that. Only murders. Too. Only murders in the building season two. That's all for me. Thanks. I'm driving. Check me out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, all of those links will be in the description of the podcast.
0: All right. And as far as my plugs, that's honeysuckle roast creations where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. As soon as we wrap things up with midnight club and only murders in the building, I'm going to be heading to Omaha, Nebraska for anime, Nebraska one of the biggest anime conventions in the Midwest looking forward to we're going to have a lot of fun with that we're also getting ready even though yes i am technically celebrating halloween i still got to prep for the holidays we of course are going to be kicking things off before too long with our black friday sale we're going to have so much stuff everything in the shops both etsy and handmade at amazon is going to be 20 percent off and for every order that is placed between black friday and christmas eve We will be donating $5 per order to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We do this charity drive every year. We're excited to be a part of it. So remember, you won't only be getting wonderful gifts for your family and friends. You'll be helping out a lot of children in need. Again, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and like I mentioned earlier, under duress, Twitter. That is Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. And so, on behalf of Mark and Andrew and everyone else who watches, you're not going to let
2: Andrew plug his fucking jujitsu studio.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry did I skip some Did I skip your plug, Andrew? Yes, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, sorry.
3: I'm polite about it, but Mark had to call it out. So there we
0: go. Um, all right, at, uh, I'm from,
2: look. That's oh. my job. You're Canadian. You're supposed to be polite. I'm from New York. I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I'm gonna apologize.
3: And this is one only or my third. Sh-
0: <laughs> sorry, this is only my third show running on my own. And Andrew, you and I actually haven't done a show with me hosting. So I'm sorry, I forgot about your studio. Oh, I'm no sorry. worries
3: at all. No worries at all.
2: Um, I do train at uh, the beating. The beating with- will be severe later. It's fine.
0: I will be flogged.
2: Yes, publicly. I have a flogger. I'll go get it and show it to you if you want. Do you see, oh, what coming? Do you oh, see what's coming? Do you see what's coming? Hang on.
3: Wait, one sec.
2: No, I'm just kidding. All right, okay. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get my plug in now. <laughs> yeah, do it do before I start breaking up the armament.
3: Yeah. Oh, um, I do train at Havigan uh, of Steam Martial Arts here in Calgary, Alberta. Um, they can be found on all your major social media platforms and everything like that, including TikTok. I believe not Twitter, but definitely Instagram and Facebook. Uh, also go check out the Budo Brothers um, channel on YouTube. That's where my instructor, Jay Cooper, does um, reality check breakdowns on various kind of self-defense scenarios and things like that. He did a great one this week on Road Rage, actually, that, that I think goes to some very core things that I think everything would uh, everyone should consider. But anyway, go check that out. And uh, thank you both very much. Oh, I forgot uh i think i am due to be on back here probably in november sometime to do our annual uh war movie review and then i'll be joining i think sometime in january to go to
2: uh, uh generation kill as part of the um corner here, of the do series uh here i'll tell you what you're doing uh give me a second andrew graham can be found uh and i'm doing here. the crown <laughs> yes okay so you're on the lord of assuming you still are. November 14th, you will be re- reviewing the Lord of the Rings, Power of Rings, Ring Power, whatever the fuck the name of the show is called. I think I'm um, going hunting that one. <laughs> um, and then the Veterans Day show is November 17th, because I had to wait till you had you coming back from hunting. Yep. That's Full Metal Jack at the Outpost in Hamburger Hill. And uh, yes, the crown is in December, if I remember correctly. Yes, um, uh, the first. Yeah. Yes. And what was the other one you said you were doing?
3: uh generation kill and i want to say it's january
2: yes generation kill is january 19th
0: perfect all right am i forgetting anything else
2: nope hit the button all good here
0: all right be well be safe behave